Teaching is a form of activism. Standing up for the rights of children is standing up for the rights of humans. My name is Sandy Lanes, and in my roles as educational consultant, coach, curriculum director, and pedagogista of a preschool and adjunct early childhood professor, I have had the incredible fortune of working with many remarkable early childhood leaders, teachers, directors, and college students. And what they all share is a belief in a young child's right to truly be listened to and ultimately to be loved and respected for who they are and how they learn. I'm so excited for you to listen to my interviews with my guests, most of whom are experts in the Reggio approach. Each guest will provoke new understandings of what it means to root pedagogy in our values in this journey of becoming awakened to Reggio. So when I decided to put together this podcast, I couldn't think of anyone more perfect to be my first guest. I knew it had to be Dr. Nama Zoran, an expert in the Reggio approach and my longtime mentor, teacher, and friend. I've been so fortunate to have her as my guide in my own Reggio study, and I believe that Nama will create a foundation and framework for listening to all my future podcast guests. She will introduce us to the depth and unique aspects of the Reggio approach and challenge the many myths that currently exist about it. Today with Nama's teachings, we will begin our journey into a rich understanding of the Reggio approach and what we as early childhood educators can learn from the work of the educators in the Reggio Emilia preschools and infant toddler centers. In a minute, Nama will share how she began her relationship with the Reggio approach but first, I would love to tell you about the incredible background and wealth of experience she brings with her. Dr. Nama Zoran is a developmental psychologist and educational systems consultant. Nama is an advocate for the right of every child to be seen, heard, and to be considered as an equal citizen in our world. 23 years ago, Nama encountered Loris Malaguzzi's humanistic educational vision and has dedicated her life to learning about it and sharing it in the deepest way possible. Nama is a member of the Reggio Children International Network as a representative of Israel and does much of her work in Israel and the United States. Nama has a PhD in education and was involved in innovative processes in Israel that were focused on early childhood and elementary schools. Nama is speaking to us from her home in Israel. Nama, welcome. Hi, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Can you tell I'm us so first? Oh, I'm so happy too. This is so great. Um, can you just start by telling us how you got involved with the Reggio approach and what drew you to be so engaged with it? So there is this saying that uh, sometimes things are just coming towards us and we just need to pick them. So this is what happened to me. I, um, I was uh, in the library of Haifa University in Israel uh, looking for what is going on in the world. And uh, I found uh, a journal of the NYC uh, young children. And it said, it had a brochure, and it said that this year in November in our annual conference, for the first time, we will bring a group of educators from Italy, from the city of Reggio Emilia, that has a very unique approach. It said nothing, no details. 
What is the approach? What is unique about it? Nothing. I went home, I said to my husband, I found this brochure. <laughs> and I think it, it is calling me. And this was like my first time in the United States. Wow. Well, this, this is just exactly what you've been trying to teach all of us, especially me over all these years, is to be brave. And I yeah. think you were so incredibly brave in that moment. <laughs> and then uh, I arrived to this conference that, as you know, it's like 30,000 people um, wow. coming from Israel that when we have a thousand, we feel, we feel that we have conquered the, the world. <laughs> And uh, of course, everything is organized, uh, you know. Uh, so the theater uh, was like packed and um, it started, uh, of course, 9 a.m. sharp. And there was a slide on the wall. Nobody talked. Like, of course, uh, all, all of us, uh, we were silent, but uh, also the presenters, nobody, nobody talked. It was just this slide of, um, of an infant, uh, 11 months old, and she's sitting, um, and you see like a, a big piece of paper with a hole in the middle. She's sitting in the middle. And around her, you see cans with brushes and, um, you know, paints. And on the paper, there were traces that she has made. That's it, 903, <laughs> that's it. I just said to myself that um, if there is a place on, on this planet that see children like that, they have something that uh, we need to know. Now, uh, because of my psychological background, I already had this um, vision that teachers need um, to really know children and to understand um, like uh, their signals, uh, the way the behavior represents what the, the child is now experiencing. So when I saw this picture, this image, it just like, It know, spoke to you. Yeah, it's like, wow, I, I, I've met my partner. Like, uh, so then it was a wonderful day with wonderful images and of course all the messages that we will talk about them soon. Yeah. Me and another two thousand people, we ran to the to the booth <laughs> that they had in the uh, book uh, book fair, and uh, I just waited until everybody left. And I said to to the, the representative that was there, I said to her, "So how could how could uh, we learn that? Like, uh, do you have anything?" Yeah. And she said to me, we are just starting now to think about seminars and all of that. Um, and I said to her, look, I'm very close to you. I do not need any <laughs> alert. I'll come. Just, okay. Just tell me, um, I'll be there. <laughs> and this, this is it. Like, um, I, I, I gave my details. I went home. This was like the time before uh, Google and the cell phones and all right. that. What year was that? In 1995. 95, yeah. So every a couple of weeks, I called them <laughs> by phone. <laughs> Just not to forget me. Right. That is... <laughs> uh, after, you know, uh, 
more than a few months, they called, they called me and said that um, they're having a seminar for Europe and I could join. And uh, that's it. After the first seminar, I knew that that's it. I think that um, from the beginning, I, I uh, articulated it uh, yeah. uh, from a different uh, place than others. Uh, like uh, I caught the depth of the messages that um, we are hearing from them. And um, this is so true because I think that um, if you were to go just on the internet and look up the Reggio Emilia approach, which many people around this country I know are doing right now, they might be encountering all sorts of um, myths and um, you know, ideas that aren't truly grounded in, in what the people in Reggio Emilia are working on and thinking about. But when you bring it, it comes, first of all, because you've spent so much time in Reggio Emilia and with the people, the educators there, uh, it, it has a whole different level of thinking from a philosophical place, from a values place that that is not just about strategy and and creating pretty environments in the classroom. It, it, it has so much more depth to that. So maybe could you share with us some of those central ideas that um, that that we should be thinking about from Reggio Emilia? So uh, just a, like okay. a couple of sentences um, before we are going into the core ideas. Yeah. This approach is, um, is a way of life. It's not just an educational um, approach that has, you know, beautiful ideas and strategies of how to do it. Um, it is something that connects to your identity as a human being. Uh, and this is how Malaguzzi thought about it from the beginning. From the beginning, he knew that one of his main goals would be uh, that it is something that gives a communal identity. It's not just for the schools. Okay, uh, you know how nowadays one school is a Montessori school and another school could be a Waldorf approach. And like right, every school right. has its own. Uh, Reggio Emilia, uh, the idea was that education is part of your culture. It's part of who you are. It's part of your context, where you live, what is your history. Could you, could you share just a little bit briefly about how the approach was born? Because I think it connects so much to, to so many of us. First of all, he joined um, a group of parents. It was led by women, but... The, a group of uh, parents that after the Second World War wanted to create like a new education for their kids. Um, they've decided to open a school. They came from the place of um, new a new future after all the years of the war. And he heard about them because um, he lived in a, in a town that is called the Core Reggio. And it's like 20 minutes from Reggio Emilia. So he heard about them. He was an educator already. He worked with, uh, 
like high school kids, and uh, but he heard about them. He came to visit them, and out of the conversation, um, he said, "I would like to join you, and like to think to, to think together." And so the, the beginning was like parents' initiation that was met by a, a wonderful philosopher, um, and from the beginning, like even before. The, the schools were established because formally uh, they say that the first school was established in 1963. Uh, before that, um, they had 25th of April, which was like the first school, but between like, uh, let's say early 50s and right. 63, he already worked. Uh, with the community, not just with that school. Uh, he uh, established uh, workshops for parents that um, would start bringing like new ideas about the image of the child, image of learning, image of the adult. And this is why the roots, the roots are so, so, so deep because it was never just okay, let's have a school or five schools and then we have an approach. It wasn't that. I, every time that I, that I read the, the materials, I see the, the beauty of, um, of the thinking. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, when he started the, the meetings for the parents, it was, let's say, 1956. And of course, as you know, at the beginning, the, uh, only a few people came. We have yes. it uh, uh, even now. <laughs> Sometimes we have uh, uh, <laughs> way more people come to new things <laughs> slowly. So one time, only really like only a few arrived, and then after after that night, he sent them a letter, and he said in the letter, he said that he he understands that uh, it's a new thing and. Uh, and he said, we have the responsibility to offer it to you and the responsibility not to be disappointed when uh, the, the group is, let's say, small. Wow. I'm telling you, I do not know, like even on one hand, yeah. people that will say it. Because we become disappointed after two minutes right. when we see that people are not coming or... Am I right? Yes, like, absolutely. Uh, we, we give up or we feel that there's something wrong with the other people and of not course. us. Of right. course. Right. So, uh, and, the, and the bravery to just say it, that uh, the door is still open, nothing happened. And we still have responsibility. Right. It doesn't take anything, even like 1%. From the responsibility and this is only in my mind only um, the only place that we could hear that language is in Italy. The idea of responsibility is so powerful for all of us to be thinking about in our work and and I love that that's where the beginnings were. So once this all began there have been many many um, ideas and concepts and, and values that we've been hearing about 
in the United States, what would you say are, are sort of a, a great foundational place for us to begin thinking about our step into this journey? I will start with the, um, because the, uh, the, the approach is called the psychological pedagogical approach because um, uh, the human being, uh, whether it is a child, um, a parent, a teacher, uh, the mayor, <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, the human being is a value. Humanity is a value. So uh, I think one of the main, main, main uh, ideas is the other. Like, who is the other? Um, yes. This is, again, this is language that we really spend a lot of time using. There's certain language that we've come to, to use that has emerged from Reggio Emilia that is so um, big and powerful and simple at the same time. But talking, speaking about the others is, seems like part of every aspect of what we're thinking about. So how, how would that um, so for, show itself? So um, first of all, the first seminar uh, that I was uh, attending, right. Carla Rinaldi opened the seminar. And she said, she said, why, why are you here? So some people wanted to respond. So she said, no, 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 no. Uh, and the next sentence was, you are here because you came to learn about yourselves. We are opening everything for you. And you'll hear many things. You'll see many, many things. But everything... Uh, will be in dialogue with who you are. And when you leave us on Friday <laughs> and you'll go back to your own places, you'll have to sit and think, how do you want to connect things that you've heard to your own context and your own identity as, as an individual, but also as a part of a community. So I'm saying to myself, first of all, back then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, because if so, this is like the opening statement. You, so then you understand that everything else will be even deeper. This place of um, you're important as an individual, but you are a part of a group. Uh, it is in the schools, in the city, um, everywhere, everywhere. Could, could you give yeah. an example of something um, that would help people understand in, in real life, kind of? What, what would that look like in a school? First of all, for example, they're, they're um, thinking about children with special rights. Children, children with special rights um, are the first to uh, to enroll. So children they, with special rights in this country, we often refer to them as children with special needs. Exactly, exactly. Which is a very different way of referring to a person. Yeah. 
So in Reggio Emilia, because we, we, we're not saying that, let's say, other children are with regular needs and hmm. these are like with special needs, the word needs is not connected to the image of the child. So then, when we want to acknowledge that they do have um, characteristics that are different, it comes as a right, not as a need. This is an, another uh, moment of thinking about who is the other. It is all about, it, this is like the thing, it, it's all about being human and that as a human being, you need, you need um, to open yourself to, to others if you want others to open themselves to you. Because you said that I dedicated my life to it, which is true. Is and true. part of it was for me to learn Italian. Yes. <laughs> Again, because, always uh, brave, always taking new steps. Determined. Determined is true, yes. Um, so, because I wanted to, re to read the, all the resources in the native language, Italian, but also to be in touch with people, like to talk with yeah. the teachers, to talk with... So, the, the, uh, I think two days ago, uh, a well-known musician, not from Reggio, uh, died. Yeah. And uh, I saw many, many things that were written on, about him. So today, someone put a piece, a, a video, I think he was speaking uh, uh, at, the, at the government or like in a very in a very formal. And I saw that uh, he had a special right, and the way he talked uh, about the right uh, of any person to to be seen like from the full place, not from like what you can't or what you do not have. And uh, he ended uh, his uh, short speech, he, he ended it with um, that the most important thing that music teaches us is to listen hmm. and to be listened to. So I just want to show yeah. you that it's all, um, it's all value-based and within that, all the practices are finding themselves in many, many places. It's yeah. not the other way around, that you have great practices. Because people say, oh my God, the projects that they are doing in Reggio Emilia. But you can do great projects, but you will still not understand the approach. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. And it sounds, it's so beautiful to hear you speak about how the, the philosophy of the school, of the schools are seen through the whole town and, and community and the community is seen in the schools. This is because, um, because of the roots. The roots are very, very deep. So this is why it is growing and growing. Of course, with all the people that uh, nurture this uh, identity. So you hear so, it from the mayor and from everybody. So if, if we were to enter the schools, you've, over the years you've told me some incredible stories of the, inter, the types of interactions that exist between 
the educators and the children and, and the children and the children as well. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering, could you share one of those stories with us? Because I think people would love to hear just some of those, those stories that kind of move us in a way yeah. to be able to understand those values in a deeper way. I know that's what has really shifted me and, and spoken to my humanity and over all these years and why I'm so drawn to it as well. So, so uh, as you know, if you ask someone that returns from a, from a seminar, what have they seen? They say, oh my God, natural materials. Uh, this is like wow it's so beautiful and then uh, they have they are recycling and, and yes I already have done it but now I'll do it even more because I saw like that, that, that. right so here is like a story a 15 months old uh, young toddler is in his class okay with other children too of course and on the floor there is like a big um, cardboard paper but very, very long and, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, and on it, there are two markers. Uh, and on the side, there is like a cardboard that is like rolled. So this is an invitation at that area, okay? Yes. So on one hand, you could say to yourself, I think it's very dull, like, uh, only two markers and uh, just that like straight paper and then rolled paper. But then, uh, and nobody says to the to anybody of the children, oh, go over there, do you want to go over there? No. This is the difference number one. Yeah. You're, you created an invitation, you're waiting. Hmm. You have the patience, you're waiting. Even if nobody will go over there today, Nobody is running after you, and it, it, it could stay for the next day. In any case, this uh, toddler uh, like crawled to, the, to that area, and uh, from the paper that was like, like on the floor, uh, he, uh, he tore a piece of the, of the paper, and when he tore it, uh, it rolled hmm. and it became like a, like a tube. Uh, now, there is a teacher, but she says nothing. This is another thing. You're not jumping immediately. Oh, it's wonderful. How beautiful. Ta -ta 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 -ta. Yes. You could do this. You could do that. Because first, she wants to see where his mind is going. So th these, these are the elements of the approach. It's not what they give. What they give, we yes. give the same. This is not the point. But the, the presence of that teacher. And while she's observing, she is already creating assumptions to herself. She's not sharing it yet with, with the child. She doesn't know yet where he will take it. This is very, very important. So then, okay, he saw that it, uh, it rolled. So he's taking it like this uh, in in his hands like a, yeah to looking look, through to the look tube inside. and then he took one of the markers and put it into the to into the tube, the tube. 
So then the marker, because of the angle, didn't reach the, the other side of the tube. It, it was stayed inside. inside. Yes. Okay. So you see the child, uh, like, um, you know, the surprised play, uh, yeah. game, like, uh, okay, what is going on here? Like, the child knows uh, something should have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, from the teacher, it's only like, um, what do you think? She doesn't say, oh, where the marker? Like, ah. you're not ruining the moment. Right. And I think this is what we need to learn. We have no patience whatsoever because we want the solution that he will see the marker, he will understand that if you send it from here, it will go over there. Right. But in Reggio, they want him to reveal all of that. It, the, the idea of scaffolding that, that is so strong, I think there's a lot of confusion around that idea that it doesn't mean the teacher coming in and just telling the child everything that's happening or offering a million ideas. But in this situation, what would you say that, how that comes into play? The way they interpret scaffolding is um, for them to first see how he learns, like what are his ways of learning, and then to decide what could they add to his ways of learning. Hmm. Not for the solution. And I think this is a shift because we are for the yeah. solution. How would we solve it? Oh, I don't see the marker. What, what do you think it is? No, this is a shortcut. In Reggio Emilia, they say, we want a surprise. We want him to be surprised that, where is it? Now, he didn't, um, you know, sometimes children look at you as a teacher and they have the question on their face. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't in that place. He was in his own thinking. He was constructing his own knowledge around exactly. this experience. And because, because she waited, then he, he started shaking the, the tube and he heard the, the, the sound. Wow. <laughs> so here it is, something that if you enter a room and you see it, you could say to yourself, oh my God, what is this? Don't they have more? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard things? they had lots of materials. Where are exactly. they? Yeah. Where is it? I paid a lot to, right. to, to see. <laughs> but the beauty is that you need the eye to see how what is in the center is the learning. Yeah. It's not the, the activity or the experience or. Uh, it's to be able to truly see that, that moment of learning and build on that. So exactly. one thing that you've always um, said to me and all of us um, is that everything that happens in a classroom is a choice. And it's yeah. the choice really of the teacher in, in those moments to, to make a decision about what is put out, what is offered, what is said. And, and so, just from, from that one experience, what, why do you think that the teacher chose 
to offer something like that. I know our teachers are, you know, around this country, I hear all the time, we need provocations, we need invitations. I'm not certain that there's um, enough around why they're offering certain things to children. So, so yes, so first of all, uh, in Reggio Emilia, uh, everything has its own intent. So uh, once a year for one or two years, they choose a theme, which is like an umbrella for all the, all the schools that are under this approach. And each place, uh, whether it is a daycare center or a preschool or a school, is choosing like an angle of, of that theme. Like a few years ago, it was like nature and uh, dig digital. digital world. Yes. Um, combining nature with the yeah. kinds of technology that they're using with the children. Yeah. Um, to research the world. Yeah. Um, before that, they had uh, um, like the different languages, the graphics and the clay and the verbal. Like, so every every couple of years, there is like a, an umbrella. Uh, aside from that, every school is thinking for their own intents. Uh, it could be a material that they want to explore. It could be a, a theme that emerged like uh, from what they've seen. Uh, so it, I cannot tell you like what exactly was the intent of that story because I, I don't have all the background. But I do know that it was something that, that the teachers either saw uh, like an interest from the children or they had an intent to see how children would react to different kinds of paper or or nothing. maybe bringing together the writing implements with paper yeah. or something yeah nothing is planned at five to nine right uh, sandy what do you think we'll uh, we'll put some markers over there so this isn't this is this will never happen um also, because the learning is the goal, uh, they sit every day with the documentation that they've done like, to elaborate on what has happened. Uh, so for example, uh, with this uh, kid, afterwards, like um, he, uh, when he shook it, the marker came out. So like, it, 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 were, it developed. Uh, but then they could say to themselves, okay, so this whole thing of um, object uh, consistency, hmm. do we want to do something else with it? Do we want more children to be engaged? So maybe we could tomorrow morning, the next day we'll put the same as he saw, but we will add something on another area of the class to see whether they will see the connection. Yes, no. Yeah. So the, the planning, is very dynamic. But yet it's, it's grounded in dialogue yeah. that the adults are having constantly. Yeah. And so with, with all of that, what would you say um, to us in the United States as we are sort of beginning 
to, um, some of us are further along, some of us are less further along, it doesn't matter. Where would you suggest that we begin? What we know for sure is that we cannot take what's the exact replica of what's happening in the Reggio schools and plop them into uh, the, the, you know, the schools in, in our country, the preschools and, and, and daycare centers here. So what, what is it that we should be paying close attention to and taking into consideration as we are thinking about um, what is happening in our own schools? Uh, I've um, established a concept that is called um, pedagogical awareness. Uh, I think this is where we need to be. I'll give you an example. I talked with the teacher uh, that I'm in touch with uh, in the States. And she said to me, Nama, we are, and now we know that schools are closed and all of that. And she said, Nama, um, we understand that graduation will be different because it, it will not be like what is usually is. And in the school, when we talked, it, it, it stayed really like, that's it, narrow. Uh, because uh, there is, there are no many options to do things that are like, uh, and I said to her, go back to, uh, to your class. Go back and, and ask yourself, what do you want them to understand, to construct, uh, to Around feel? the idea of, of graduating. graduating. Yeah. And this is Reggio Emilia. The conditions could be as they are. Right. Difficult, easy, beautiful, less beautiful. Your compass is not moving. It shows the north. And I gave her an idea. And I said, I know that your class has a very, very favorite place that when you were in school, when it was like an outdoor time, this was the place where they wanted to go to. Go back to that place and make it like the, 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 the memory that holds everything in it. This is like the difference that I want to bring to people. That no matter what are the conditions, it doesn't matter. If we clean everything and we stay with who we, who we are, who are the children, what do I know about them, then I'll find like the one thing or more yeah. that could become, you know, the, the gathering place. And uh, we sent a, a letter to the parents and we said to them beautifully, of course, that um, we are preparing for the graduation. And one thing that our children really, really loved was that place. So we ask you to walk, of course, separately, not in a group right. or anything. Right. And have your child take a picture of the place and you'll take picture of him or her in the place. And we will bring all the pictures to the school. That everything yeah. that that is done is is with heart 
and emotion yes. and connection and, and not just, um, you know, what you did last year or what somebody else did exactly. that you saw on a listserv or on Pinterest or something like that, but it has or, to be. Or to be disappointed. Let's go back to the beginning of the conversation or to be disappointed that I don't have the conditions. Right. That it can't and be like it, it was. And let the disappointment lead me instead of, no, there, you have no right, right to be disappointed. We have a responsibility not to exactly. be disappointed. Exactly. Wow, that's, that exactly. is beautiful. Wow. So I really think we could do this all day. And I know I've I, been, I, just as always, when, I, when you're speaking, I take notes and I, I've been taking so many notes just, uh, you know, for all my years, I have, I have files and files of notes from Nama. Um, but so I'm inviting you back again that we will, please, that we will do this. First of all, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. The gift that you gave us today was truly incomparable. It's nothing that anybody else would be able to share with us in the way that you did. And, and I thank just, I, I can't thank you enough for all that you've taught me over the years. I, I would say that most everything that I know and, and speak about um, is truly rooted in something that you have, have brought to me and, and the, the teachers that I've worked with over the years. Um, I, I just feel that if we can have these kinds of dialogues, we can truly change the world yeah, together. I, I just love everything that you've shared today. And, and when you speak about the idea of this is a way of being, of being human, more than yeah. just an educational approach, I think it's something we all need to hear right now. And, and yeah. so thank you for that. And uh, well, I you. love you. Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. Bye.